Are you leaving work late tonight? Maybe the grocery store? Just going for a ride? I have a question for you. Did you check your back seat? No? Well, I'm here to remind you to. Welcome to the Sundown Frequency. Listeners, today we're discussing something that some people are familiar with. It's urban legends. Some urban legends come to you really innocent, like never eat pop rocks and drink pop at the same time or else your stomach will explode. Or never trust saying Bloody Mary three times into a mirror. Innocent stuff. And not to confuse them with superstitions like walking under a mirror, no. I mean urban legends, like the story of the hook man or the story of the escaped lunatic from the asylum who strings your boyfriend up from the tree. You can hear his feet gently scraping the top of the roof of your car, which I learned from the Urban Legends movie, which is pretty good. I we'll recommend some people to check it out. Maybe not the sequel so much, but the very first one is pretty dope. The internet describes the Urban Legend, though, as a humorous or horrific piece of story or information circulated as though true. But they usually aren't true. Most of the times they aren't true. I'm actually going to give you guys one of the most famous stories that are found to be extremely untrue, which is spooky, about the American man who goes to Brazil and he gets his kidney harvested by the local woman. He wakes up scared and confused in a bathtub full of ice with an incision on his back and a note underneath the hotel phone that says, call the ambulance. We've all seen it. And only in the Urban Legends movie is to have some base to truth to it. Actually, in 1995, it sparked organ donors and hospitals. 1997, I'm sorry, it's completely untrue. It prompted lawmakers and organ donor groups to issue a press release debunking the legend. So it's probably best not to, like, believe everything you hear. Believe it or not, for all my Generation Z or millennials out there listening, it started from a chain mail from AOL.com telling businessmen to be careful about their organs going overseas, which was no real fear about it. Organ harvesting, although is 100% legitimate, which is something that goes on all around the world. Another legend that is crazy that I grew up believing was the gang initiation one. The tale says you aren't supposed to flash someone when their headlights are off and you're driving. Because in the late 1990s, a local blood gang in Los Angeles would often purposely drive around with their headlights off, hoping that someone would flash at them so that they would chase the car down mercilessly and kill them. It's not true at all. The FBI themselves had to tell people that this wasn't true. People were driving down the streets of LA in the late 90s in fear because they seen cars with the headlights turned off and calling the police at the nearest payphones and that they seen gang members. It caused a spike in 911 calls. Personally speaking, me, I don't flash anybody driving at night with my headlights at least. <laughs> Do you guys remember being a kid and your parents always telling you to make sure not to eat any of your candy before you got home because it might have been tampered with. My mom always gave me the razor blade and the apple excuse. 
turns out in 1982, there was a Tylenol tampering scare, which I will be discussing in a future episode because it's honestly insane. It makes me believe in conspiracy a little more. It caused a lot of parents to be paranoid around that time, causing a spike in parents telling other parents, telling other parents, telling other parents to check the candy. Before you know it, parents were going around saying that the men were giving out hot pennies to their children and that there were pens inside of candy bars. And none of it is true. The 80s were a wild, wild west, but believe it or not, nobody was poisoning the kids back in the day. Some urban legends are true, though. I don't know if any of you guys have heard the story of the man waking up during his autopsy, or maybe you've heard the variants of the story of a man waking up inside of a coroner's office. But either way, in 2007, a man named Carlos Jameo woke up during his autopsy, stating, and I quote, I woke up because the pain was unbearable. He was talking about the initial cut that they placed into his abdomen right before they were about to start scooping out all of his intestine. Yeah, it turns out he was alive. His heart rate and breathing were steadily so slow that he mimicked that of a dead person. Could you imagine that poor Undertaker after he made that first incision and that man screamed to the top of his lungs? Because I can promise you, I'm no Undertaker, but I'm sure that that man isn't used to hearing screaming at the job. I don't know if you guys were interested in the story in the intro, but I'm a strong believer in checking the backseat because I myself, listeners, not to get too personal, but I'm a big guy. I'm almost six foot four, 200 pounds, and I still check the backseat of my car. I still check behind the shower curtain, and I still sometimes check public bathrooms when I'm in there by myself, every stall, because I've seen scream. I know people can uh, sit on top of the toilet creep their little black feet down and chase me down for two more movies and hopefully a fifth shout out to the scream series we all know the story of Candyman, right say his name's five times in the mirror tony todd comes out and impales you with a knife well not so much a knife more really dull hook to bring to that point it's also really weird i remember watching that movie and always strange how the hell that hook could even hurt anybody it was so blunt at the end, I guess. I mean, it never really gave me sharp vibes. Either way, that man still haunts my nightmares. And after I found out his statistic, how big he was, I knew I was not insane as a child. That man is a giant. Tony Todd is big. And he is the reason why I'm super scared of Candyman. But I'm beyond the point. In 1987, a woman by the name of Ruthie Mae McCoy in a Chicago project had been shot to death by a man who had came through her mirror. Believe it or not. Yeah. Not so much candy, man, but it turns out in the project she had been living, it was a very common break-in strategy to go through the walls. The coroners had found out that the bathroom mirror had been knocked down and he climbed through it just like Candyman. He wasn't planning on killing the woman, but she spooked him because she came home during the robbery. He shot her five times. He has a life sentence. It's insane to even think about something like that. It's so sad that that proved to be fatal for her. And it's even more of a coincidence that it happened in the Chicago project where the movie originally took place. I don't know if any of my listeners have out there have watched the original Candyman movie, but go watch it. The one from the 90s, absolutely amazing. You won't be able to sleep for a couple weeks, but just know Jordan Ash has watched it, so it's kind of required for all my viewers to watch it. What's always so frightening about urban legends is a lot of them are based on reality. And what I mean by based on reality, it's things that you see and hear around you in the media. 
or things that you see in real life that could be personified as something so spooky. I remember one that really stuck to me since I was a little boy. Every time I look at my dog, I think about this one. There was a girl who was staying home for the weekend with her parents. She's about 16, 17 years old. She's watching the TV. She has this beautiful Rottweiler. And she thinks she's all safe because she has this giant adult Rottweiler. And any of my listeners out there who aren't familiar with Rottweilers, they are beasts. They are big dogs. So she's home for the weekend with her parents. Unfortunately, she gets a text from her parents and they won't be home for another few days. So she's stuck even longer. She's watching the nightly news with her dog next to her. And she sees that some crazy guy escaped the jail by her. And there's a high alert out. She's not really worried because she knows where her dad's gun is. And once more, she has this giant Rottweiler. She locks up everything. Before you know it, she goes upstairs in her room and goes to sleep. It's storming outside really bad. So it ends up knocking out the girl's power, which doesn't add to her paranoia at all. She puts her hand out of her bed and searches of her dog's face in the darkness like most of us do to comfort us. She feels licking on her hand, so she takes that as a sign that she can go to sleep and her dog is next to her protecting her. She wakes up the next morning relieved, actually feeling great that she got a great night's rest. She gets out of bed and doesn't notice her dog quite next to her. She doesn't think too much of it, possibly he's downstairs. She goes into the bathroom to do her morning routine. And she sees her poor dog strung up. The dog had been gutted and strung up from the bathroom ceiling. And there was written in blood right next to the dog. It was words next to the dog that said, humans lick too. If that doesn't scare the crap out of you, I don't know what does. Or maybe I'm just really bad at storytelling. Either way, my viewers would tell me. I'm not sure if any of you guys have heard about the Skinwalkers or the legend of the Skinwalkers, but my next guest coming on is going to be talking about them. can never remember the names of the people write me into these emails, but she'll give it to you guys and she'll be on next. So if you guys want to stick around and listen to her story, that'd be great. Hello, can you hear me? Am I coming in? Um, yes, that's how I do clear. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to the Sundown Frequency. I'm Jordan Ash, as you knew. Thanks for writing in. How are you today? Well, I'm well. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking as well. So what's your name? Where are you from? How old are you? Hi, so my name is Sakari. I'm 19 and I'm from New Mexico. Dope, dope, dope. Do you speak any Spanish by any chance? I'm actually native. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, I, it's fine. You know, I know a word or two and people get it confused all the time. Um, but besides all of that, I heard your podcast last week and I want to know if you're interested in a story I have about skinwalkers. Of course I'm interested. Absolutely. Yeah, but before I tell my story, do you know what a skinwalker is? I did a little bit of research as much as I could, skimming the email that you sent me, and I've seen that there's some sort of shapeshifter, and uh, I've seen True Blood all seven seasons, <laughs> so of course, I'm obviously well-versed. Uh, I mean, you're kind of going down the right path, uh, but a skinwalker is pretty much a witch who can turn themselves into animals, usually like a wolf or a dog, you know, those type of creatures that walk on hind legs and feet. Oh, sounds spooky. Jeez. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, so the story I have today, it actually isn't something that happened to me, but something that happened to a friend. All right, so his name is Chayton. 
And when he initially told me this story, he himself didn't fully even believe what he may or may not have saw. Um, so it happened one night uh, after we left the reservation, he dropped me off and headed to the gas station to fill up before heading home. You know, I want to say at this point, it was kind of like a hot, mild, humid evening. The sun was setting, so it wasn't too dark by the time Chayton was ready, you know, to hit the road. Mm. So he goes to the gas station, he gets all of his things, gets the gas, and as he's leaving and walking towards his car, he stops and he notices a coyote in his peripheral vision. Um, for those who aren't from New Mexico, coyotes, they're extremely common, but, you know, they're still, they're still dangerous. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so of course he, he sees a coyote and he's a little scared. You know, he jumps back, but he calms himself and slowly just gets to his car safely. So after, you know, in his car, before he starts to get ready to leave, he turns and he sees this coyote is still staring at him. Like it has not broken eye contact mm. from the time he has left the gas station and walked into his car. And, you know, he's a little creeped out, but he brushes it off and he just mm. starts to head towards the road. Uh, so he's driving and I want to say he's going a little over the speed limit. So he's at like 35 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And as he's checking his rear view mirror, he sees the coyote, but it is now charging at his car. You know, at first he didn't believe that he actually saw the same coyote from the gas station. So, you know, he looks forward, makes sure he's not crazy, turns mm-hmm. again, and he sees the coyote is, is chasing him, but it has this, like, crazed look in his eyes. Oh, so he speeds up. Yeah, of course, he's petrified. Uh, so he's speeding, and I want to say at this point, he's going maybe like 60 to 75 down this road. And when he turns his head again, you will not believe what he saw. When he checks back, he sees the coyote still charging at him, but this time it now has two human legs. You know, Peyton cannot believe what he's seeing, and he starts to go just full panic. You know, he floors just the pedal, and he's going full speed, trying to outchase his coyote. And when he checks again, it gets even crazier. He looks back, and he sees this figure. But now, it has two coyote legs, human hands, a bare chest, it looked like it was wearing buckskin pants. It was as if, as if this figure was like shifting from coyote to an actual human hybrid, like right before his eyes. Jeez. Yeah, so at this point, he's just focusing on just getting out. He's just trying to make his way back home, going as fast as he can, trying to make turns to kind of confuse and get him off of this trail. He finally makes it to his neighborhood, and when he looks back, the figure was just, it was just gone. Mm. To this day, Peyton refuses to take that road. He won't even look that direction. Oh my gosh. Poor Peyton. You know, I when I Googled Skinwalkers, I didn't expect to hear this. That's insane. My question is, uh, do you believe him? Do you think that actually happened to him? You're probably one of the only people he told, like, confided that in. Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting because growing up, we have heard all these folk tales. Uh, so in theory, you know, we were kind of taught that within nature, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. But now, 
as a college sophomore majoring in health sciences, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's a little harder to believe. But we all oh. know that often the truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to agree with you there, of course. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'd be bold enough to say I believe, Shayton. I've heard about stories of mermaids in Haiti. Why not skinwalkers in New Mexico, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, that's insane. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I really do appreciate you calling in. And uh, Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, be on the lookout for episode three. And uh, I thank you again for bringing such an amazing story in and bringing Native representation to my series so early. You're awesome. Yes, I really appreciate you including diversity in your podcast. And hopefully Chayton isn't too mad at me for sharing his story. Hopefully he's not. Oh, no. <laughs> Chayton hears this and he's like, oh, my gosh. And uh, your name one more time for my lovely viewers and for my lovely description so I don't completely butcher it. It's Sakari. Gotcha. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Sakari. You be safe out there and watch out for skinwalkers, all right? I'll do my best. You be safe. And thanks for calling the Sundown Frequency again. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Now, wasn't that a chilling story from our lovely friend from the Navajo Nation of New Mexico? That's a little bit of alliteration for you guys. Urban legends go from all across the country to all over the world, really. And once more, not to be confused with superstitions. Whether you're talking about never answering the phone when you're babysitting a couple kids or you're just speeding down the road and happen to see a hitchhiker and you hear that age-old tale to never pick them up you know what an urban legend is and i hope that this cast well this whole show in particular not just this episode can bring more light to you guys about the spookier side of life while also giving you insight because here at the sundown frequency we care we care about all the things that go bump in the night and we want to teach you how to protect yourself from them. Or at least be less scared from them. Or more scared. All depends what you take from the cast. Have you guys ever heard of the story of Bigfoot? Has anyone actually narrowed it down? Like to a science subspecies? Do we know the genotype of Mr. Sasquatch? Or is it just something that we totally fabricated? The Loch Ness Monster. Is it just a prehistorical beast? Or just something that Irish people think that they see in Lake Loch Ness? We'll never really know. Some of the best urban legends are the ones that we pass down that we never really debunk. Those are the ones that still make us scared. Even some of the ones that are proven to be false might give some crazy person some inspiration to do something so crazy. I had a friend tell me once that she was always scared that when she was leaving out of her car that she was gonna have her Achilles heel sliced by somebody who was waiting under her car and I still haven't personally forgot about that and I don't know if that hits any of you in a place where it shouldn't but it hit me in a place and I'm always looking down now and I told her before like I'm always checking under my I mean I'm checking behind my seats and stuff before I get in the car like do I need to be checking under the car now for spookies all because of some urban legends or just some innate feeling. Like I said, some of them are just absolutely ridiculous and some of them hold truth and reality. It's all about what you take from it. I thank you again for everyone, all my loyal listeners, and I appreciate you taking the time to let me educate you on something else. 
and give you insight. For the next few episodes or any of the ones going on, I'm introducing a segment. I don't know if anyone's interested, but I would like to feature your music here. And it's going to be on a podcast that's special to me. And what is special to me is the sundown frequency. So submit all of your music with permission, of course, to me at the sundown frequency at gmail.com and get your chance to be listened to by everyone around. I don't care what you look like and I do care what you sound like, but I do want you to get your music heard across all platforms. So if you're interested in getting any of your music heard on the sundown frequency towards the end on this part, I like to call the scary music or maybe something a little more creative. I was thinking the suspense music and then introduce said listeners views music. So just submit it to me. I'll give it a listen, me and my producers, and we'll put it on air. I would love to hear from you guys. And thanks again to the loyal listeners. And please, don't forget again to check that back seat behind that shower curtain. Because there's always something there that goes bump in the night. I don't want any of you to be caught slipping. Be safe out there. And good night, listeners. This was the Sundown Frequency.